Hello and welcome to another episode of Labs Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Neil, and joining me tonight is co-host Kevin Moore. Hello! On tonight's show, we are joined by a number of members from the Miracle T Studios team. We have Tom Andrews, Hiya. Bradley Smith, and Enrico Ercole. Hello. Hello, guys. Firstly, um, we are recording this on the eve of their first game, uh, Ruya, being released on the iOS App Store. Um, it releases tomorrow, the uh, Thursday, the 2nd of November. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure it's been a very stressful time for yourselves. Yeah, it's been super stressful. Absolutely. <laughs> and joyful, though. Yeah. For sure. Okay, um, we will go into sort of easy questions first. Um, how did you all come about and how did Miracle T Studios form? Um, I guess I started at uh, university. I like, um, we had this module, uh, a dissertation module, and I made this like puzzle prototype. And um, I always kind of wanted to work with Brad. Mm-hmm. And luckily we... Uh, we kind of did some work after university on like a freelance project mm-hmm. and I had this little prototype that I wanted to make into a, a proper game and um, I brought Bradley in, uh, onto the team and uh, we kind of fi- found out about Transfuser mm-hmm. and then um, we had to get a team of four together and um, I knew Enrico from a games jam called Brains Eden mm-hmm. which is hosted in Cambridge I think and that's how, that's how we met and um, yeah, we kind of uh, applied for Transfuser and then got through. How did the name for the studio come about? Um, I guess I really like this artist called Blackmill, mm-hmm. and the name kind of spun out from uh, his album called Miracle. So that's kind of how the name came together. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You discussed there just saying about um, both Transfuser and um, sort of university and what have you. How important um, has the external support from the University of Suffolk um, and other uh, places, what have you, been to the sort of the, the to the studio and to the development of the game? Um, well, it's been amazing, really. We've had support from both the University of Suffolk, uh, the Computer Games Design course, and Eastern Enterprise Hub, mm-hmm. which was our like hub for the Transfuser. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just getting mentor mentoring from the lecturers and um, like external people that they kind of bring in to kind of uh, uh, talk to us about different things. Yeah, it's been like vital to the success of the project, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, those lecturers at University of Suffolk like really, really know their stuff, and mm-hmm. they they really like give us brutally harsh critique. Mm-hmm. If you listen to it, it you end up like improving the game like by 10 times it's like a really really good course mm-hmm. and it's it's quite heavy on like theory and like paper prototyping and uh churning ideas out like really quick mm-hmm. um, so, it's, it's, so it's perfect for like independent teams that course yeah you'd mentioned there about transfuser um i only really know a little bit about that um but i know it seems to be sort of a yearly thing what is transfuser and how do you get then selected for it um, I think they've changed it in the 2017, uh, well, this year. Mm-hmm. What we had to do was kind of uh, show like a little prototype, submit an application with, like a, with a video. Mm-hmm. But it's like a co- national competition where I think 20-odd uh, teams uh, from the UK compete in over like a 10-week course to produce this prototype. 
and then we get to showcase that at EGX. Mm-hmm. You have to submit sort of like pitch decks and sort yeah. of review videos and show how it's developed been developed over like the course of 10 weeks. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they sort of pick who they like, I guess. Mm. But it seems to be a lot more on this year than there was last year. It certainly seemed to take a bigger piece of floor space. Do you think this is something that they're expanding each year? Yeah, yeah it is. I think so. The first year it was like 13 teams, I believe. Mm. And then yeah. this year it's, I think it was like 20 odd, maybe. Yeah. And I think that they're trying to sort of keep it going. So I think it's, def- it's definitely going to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll go into sort of talking about Rio then. Well, you sort of vaguely mentioned there about um, how the idea and what have you came about. Um, it was originally a prototype called Shape the Mix. How did that then evolve into Ruya? Yeah, so um, the name come from this youth organisation in Stowmarket. So I was like making a game to kind of promote this organisation. Mm. And then once uh, we submitted the application to Transfuser, we kind of uh, looked closely at our like target audience. Mm-hmm. So that's when the game started to change, and uh, we kind of added this character called Ria, who um, is kind of like in this uh, dream world that she's trying to wake up from. Mm-hmm. A lot of our lecturers sort of said, like, yeah, you should just kind of rethink this and really hone in on the audience and give it like a, a different kind of focus if you want to stand out in this competition. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really just sort of you know having a prototype and then not being afraid to throw what we've done away and start again. Yeah. Um, If that makes sense. Yeah. So we had these kind of like strong mechanics, but we also wanted to connect with our audience a bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make it cohesive and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just like working from almost like a plain puzzle, but expanding that a little bit and giving a little bit sort of more narrative as such to it. Yes, exactly. It's like we were looking at the mechanics and we're thinking like, okay, what could this be a metaphor? Mm-hmm. for basically like what could we skin these mechanics into something that is like interesting that has a bit of weight to it that people could get on board with mm-hmm. that was pretty much i think and i guess we also look at the market of what the market was offering in terms of match free games and seeing that uh, all of the other games were pretty similar like you got uh, this fast-paced games with uh, um, like a target to reach all the time and very up-tempo kind of kind of game Mm -hmm. so we wanted to detach from that like do something a little bit different because yeah it's easy to make a match for your games and make it similar to other ones it's much harder to make to make a difference and make it make it so that it's a relaxing experience a uh, a more meaningful experience compared to to other games I, mm-hmm. we hope we achieve that yeah i think the narrative certainly helps it it makes it feel like you're playing a different kind of game to a normal match three definitely Mm-mm. yeah that was the sort of goal was to try and like reimagine everything that irritated us about match three games <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that none of us it's a match free game actually i don't think uh, <laughs> any of us four play those kind of those kind of games uh, maybe maybe gav but yeah we're not we're not very much into that kind of game so we we took that prototype that we had that was very much of a match free but we say how can we make it more likable to to us and to to our target audience. Yeah. The match three market is obviously sort of flooded. Um, yeah. With, with things like um, Candy Crush. And then there's just so many almost like direct clones of Candy Crush um, that maybe change a little bit of the setting and what have you in the background. So certainly from my playing of Ruya at EGX, it definitely stands out from those straight away. 
um, because it doesn't feel like a clone. It has its own very unique style um, and aesthetic and what have you um, to the game itself. It has hypnotic mode. I mean, good grief. How many games do you know have that? <laughs> <laughs> How did the hypnotic mode come about? I have, like, really bad insomnia. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Relatable. <laughs> yeah, I, and I use these sleep apps. And in these yeah. sleep apps, you can... Um, I think if you pay for them, you unlock, like, this little... This extra setting... And it's like a binaural beat, and it basically in, in, induces like a relaxing state. I guess it's similar to like an ASMR type thing, mm-hmm. where it um, you know makes you feel at ease and sends tingles down your spine. I think it only works for like a small portion of the population. Yeah, and I thought that would be a cool thing to put in the game because, like, I think in themes of insomnia kind of tie into Roya quite heavily. So I thought it'd be a cool little feature. Mm-hmm. It also matches the audio really well too. Yeah. What about the audio and what have you? Um, Enrico, I know you're the sound designer um, on it. How did you go about um, just sort of creating the sounds and things for it? Yeah, the audio need, needed to take very much of a, of a stay from uh, from Shade to Mix because it um, it started as Shade to Mix, so uh, pretty much similar to to other match-free games, so very up-tempo, very happy music and uh, dancey kind of stuff. Uh, so I needed to uh, look a bit more into um, uh, kind of uh, auditory illusions and um, uh, trying to uh, induce people, I don't like to use that word, but like uh, make people more relaxed and uh, create a more immersive ambience for the player. So um, I did my research, I um, I used a few auditory illusions for it and uh, changed the pace of the um, of the um, compositions for the uh, um, for the background music and uh, yeah, make it more slower uh, and um, and uh, lower tones uh, to to the music and the sound effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of soft tones in it. Definitely, it, it feels a lot easier going on you. Um, do you actually? Do the sound design as well and for the levels because each level has its own particular character doesn't it yes yeah yeah so uh, i did both music and sound design for it and ah. uh, yeah and uh yeah depending on the um on the mechanic that you get on different worlds you get different different sound effects for it yeah. Uh, and the uh, and the background music will change as well. So we we try to create this like self self contained world that each of them like subtly represents kind of a feeling that Ruya has. Like Ruya is going through this uh, this journey and uh, going through all uh, all the feelings that mm, that she has every day. And mm-hmm. uh, each each of the world kind of in, is an interpretation of that. So each um, yeah, each world has got his uh, his set of sound effects and uh, and music. One question I need to get asked: Ruya lets out a little sigh every now and again. How did you get that sound? Because that is like ah, so nice. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's been a few recordings of that, a lot of trial and error, but yeah, uh, yeah we uh, we managed to get that balance at the end. I think we uh, we managed to get that uh, um, that balance of pleasure, sound, and uh, yeah. that okay, it repeats a lot, but it's not it's not too too obvious, too annoying. 
and uh, it's actually it's actually my girlfriend's voice. <laughs> so yeah, that's the sound you look forward to. That is a fact because you know you've actually cracked it when you hear that. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's what we were going for. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So obviously, with the release being tomorrow, um, as we're recording, you it's being released on iOS, um, at least um, initially, anyway. Do you see iOS as the better market for it, or how much deliberation did you just do um, in deciding to go for iOS over, say, Android, um, or will Android come on as uh, some down down the line? Um, yeah, so we wanted to keep it like a like a premium experience. Mm-hmm. So we felt that iOS was uh, more suited for the game. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks beautiful and it looks really nice on an iPhone and iPad. Mm-hmm. We did most of our beta testing on Android, so we did like a little soft launch, mm-hmm. and that was just to get like feedback from sort of how the market is uh, in kind of these countries where we'd um, get players and we could get analytics back for each of the levels. Mm. So that was a, a really useful thing that we did. So we're going on iOS at 99p, so really low end. Oh, okay. This is like our first game. Um, Oh, we wanted to keep it quite low. The more the merrier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually quite surprised at how low a price point that is. Um, purely from the play of it that I've had and what have you, I could easily have seen people paying, say, three ninety nine for that. Um, so going in at 99p then is, yeah, that's going to be a really nice, um, almost like an impulse buy, but one that people won't necessarily regret. Did you even look at um, sort of going for a free-to-play app, um, sort of ad-supported or anything like that? So originally um, on the soft launch, we did a paywall. Mm-hmm. And at the, um, the price we put on the paywall was like $1.99. Mm-hmm. And like the analytics that we got back, um, we found that people weren't weren't going through the paywall. They weren't paying. Okay. So um, that's why we kind of uh, cut the price in half. Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of thinking... Um, uh, that we'd put ads on the Android version, but mm. stagger the release a bit. Oh, okay. Monument Valley 2 is just about to come out on Android, so we sort of probably wait for that hype yeah. <laughs> yeah. to die down a little bit. <laughs> 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 It'll be like pay to remove ads on Android. Oh, okay. Same price. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad then. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, going up against Monument Valley is not exactly ideal. Maybe near Christmas, depending on how things go, I guess. We'll put it out there. But... Oh, okay. What do you think generally about um, the app stores uh, on iOS and uh, Android? And then also, how, what do you think about sort of free-to-play? Do you think that it's a good model, or do you think that it's um, bad for developers but good for consumers? I guess it's bad for developers who want to make a premium game, because mm-hmm. um, uh, on Android, people just don't seem to uh, aren't willing to kind of pay money for games. Mm-hmm. But um, that's why it's kind of much suited for uh, the kind of freemium market. Yeah. Well, all the big titles for freemium, they uh, they like show you that um, you can uh, you make the most profit from it if you use like uh, in our purchases. But that was very very far from a um, kind of model that we needed. Uh, we wanted to use. In fact. That's the main reason why we uh, we struggle to um, to get along with publishers, basically, because they all <laughs> wanted us to do a freemium and put in our purchases, and uh, it's it's a bit against um, 
uh, our philosophy, you know? Yeah. It, w- it wouldn't really suit the tone of the game as well, like the kind of... Exactly. Oh, can you imagine that? An advert plopping up straight at the top <laughs> of the screen. Oh, my God. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we're thinking of. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, you're playing this super relaxing thing, all this uh, music chimes going on and everything, and then Kasha Clan scams on. Yeah! <laughs> 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 that kind of stuff. You mentioned there about publishers and things. Um, I take it you did actually look at publishers and things. Um, have you then, obviously, ended up going um, just self-publishing it? Uh, yeah, we had like um, quite a few discussions with publishers, but um, like Enrico said, they kind of uh, um, have ways where they can... Well, they wanted to kind of change the monetization strategy, mm-hmm. which we want. We wanted to keep as a premium. It's scary as well. They, they they throw like big figures at you to impress, and then like you'll read the fine print in the contract, and it's sometimes not what they that what they say it is. You know, yeah. so you have to be really careful about you know who the business with. I think. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't feel right, then it's probably not worth going for. Yeah. Yeah. How long did this process take? You know, with the going around the publishers. How long do you reckon you spent just looking, see if it was worth doing with a publisher? No, I think a good couple of months. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a lot um, of game development time. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we, we met most of the publishers through gaming expos mm. like EGX. Yeah. Um, a lot at EGX Res in yep. London. Stuart's favourite hangout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I've only been there once, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it this year. So that, <laughs> um, it was great. How difficult have you found then going down the self-publishing route? Um, I know you had seen tweets earlier in the week saying that you'd obviously um, put the app uh, in for verification to Apple and what have you. Obviously, how stressful is that sort of process for you? And would then a publisher have actually taken that off your hands and done that part of it for you? Um, it was stressful because uh, like the game wasn't quite finished yet and we were always kind of working to add that extra bit of polish. Mm-hmm. So like, I think the game was like finished on Saturday night, or oh, was wow. it Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> Talk so, about down to the wire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like it was just me and Brad. Like um, I think on Friday night, and it was like, is it done? Should we should we push this one? <laughs> oh wait, hold on. Let me just tweak this one thing. <laughs> Ended up being like ten things. I mean, we've we've already got like kind of got like a mental list of updates that we'll probably do as well. Mm-hmm. We're banking on it getting featured though, like that's because we're self-publishing. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of risk, that's the risk we're going for. Is like, oh well, hopefully this gets featured, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're sort of all in, in in that sense. But who knows? We'll probably just make a tenner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for then wanting it to be featured and what have you. Is there anything a developer can do to try and sort of help that process of getting it featured, or is it just sort of fingers crossed hoping? So I think that's one reason it's uh, iOS exclusive initially, because I think that looks better if it's Mm. like on iOS first. And also if you kind of show off the Apple features, so if you you use the gyroscope Mm. on the phone and things in your game, that, that looks good. And like try to sort of tailor some of the aesthetics and the style of the UI similar to how the branding works for Apple. Yeah. As well, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. The minimal slickness of the game elements is this deliberate yeah. attempt to fit in with their brand. Yeah, we did get a lot of feedback from playtesters as well. Like, just the looks of the game, it does feel like an Apple 
product. It does feel more uh, more Apple compared to uh, to an Android product. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why, but that's the feeling that people are kind of getting. And uh, yeah, we hope that's gonna that's something they they're gonna look at as well and appreciate it. How easy is it gonna be? You know, when um, iOS updates, as it inevitably does, how easy is it gonna be for you to? cater for that i don't even have a mac <laughs> <laughs> pretty tricky then <laughs> yeah man <laughs> uh, yeah i don't think i'm too worried about it um, <laughs> not yet <laughs> not yet maybe yeah i suppose now that um ios has actually made the leap to sort of going down the 64-bit um route and what have you it's it's kind of nice for yourselves in that you're now in that sort of the 64-bit era um thank god yeah <laughs> so i suppose in that respect then hopefully um any further ios updates won't have too much of an impact although eventually they always will um it's a strange thing on sort of the mobile market and place and what have you that for each new operating system what have you or version of the operating system that comes out it does make some apps redundant purely because the developers are either no longer supporting it um, or there's just not the the will or the user base there for them to make it worth their while. Yeah, my old game that I worked on before Roya has just been taken down mm-hmm. because of that. For that reason, the the updating to the 64-bit thing, mm-hmm. and also the dude couldn't afford the developer license. It wasn't like making anything, so it's it's pretty tough yeah. marker, I would say, the mobile. So it's like super saturated. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. You can go on to the sort of the homepage on any one of the, the app stores and what have you and from one day to the next it has completely changed um especially with the, the new releases list um just is it's so hard to actually find anything in that respect then how are you going about marketing uh Ruya? we have we're on every social media like we have tumblr <laughs> instagram we've probably spread ourselves too thin but basically we like just constantly put an out there on social media and we try to do as many events as possible. Mm-hmm. So we try to do all the free ones, like Norwich Game Festivals near us. Mm-hmm. We did all seven days. It's free to exhibit, yeah. Yeah, that's and good. I that. think we must have been to about 10 uh, exhibits in the past year, maybe more. We just keep applying for different um, different things. Mm-hmm. Trying to sort of funds mm-hmm. the travel and whatnot. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um, we have spoken to other developers and what have you and uh, sort of not quite unofficially, but sort of off the record, when have you sort of talking about numbers and things for something like a stand, a single stand at EGX, and they were looking sort of in and around eight hundred pounds, whatever. Yeah. Um, for I think that was for like the weekend or whatever, and then you had, um, you know, them wanting to obviously rent you hardware and things like that on top of that, and being very exacting about what sort of seats or whatever, or you know how the stand could look that like that. It's. Although it's obviously good marketing and things, um, it's not. It's not very indie. It's it's like that's different. Yeah, for, yeah, for yeah, yeah definitely. That. It definitely so we, takes that out of it. We've done way more free events. Mm-hmm. It's all about the, the free ones that you can find. That's mm-hmm. the, the way to do it. Oh, okay. But EGX is super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And the pay ones we could have never done without the funding. To be honest, that we won't because yeah, it would have been way out of our budget. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks to those we managed to to do EGX and uh, uh, develop. Yeah, e- EGX good for me and press, but I feel like you could just guerrilla market it anyway, and it would probably you'd probably you know get a pretty good mm-hmm. response. Yeah, the press are always out there looking for a new angle anyway, so. If they're if they're actually worth their metal, they'll actually find you. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually we made we made the draw very easy for press as well to uh, to write about us as well. Like on our website, the, there's a whole press kit uh, that we that anyone can download and use. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, and that that got us actually a few a few features around. So we're very happy about this. Also, your podcast is one of them as well. Yeah. So yeah. very yeah. very much appreciated, guys. Is it important then? to actually get speaking to players um, for getting the feedback on the game and things like that as, as well as using it as a marketing tool yeah definitely like the tutorial has changed about six or seven times mm -hmm. and most of them changes have been from going to these events and actually watching people play see that's the bizarre thing because I didn't even think of it as a tutorial level I just thought of it as the first set of planets you know it's just game to me you know I've, I've oh yes man we <laughs> love that. <laughs> that that's that's what it is though it's just your, your first world you know your first globe and then your first ring and then after that you kind of feel like right i can move on and then yeah. new elements are brought in all the time it's like playing a mario game where you think you've got it down pat and then there's a new mechanic turns up just when you're not expecting it I mean, I've just got to a bit where there's some kind of, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but there's like a pinball sliding thing at the side of the screen, you know, and it's just like, oh, that's not been there before. That's good. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, you, all the time you're like learning new skills with it. It's... That's really awesome because um, a lot of people haven't actually um, played them levels yet because when we showcase, they only play like, I think, the first eight levels. Yeah. And I think you get about three three mechanics. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, it's going to be really interesting watching people uh, play different levels. We spent a lot of time studying tutorials, studying games like um, Plants vs Zombies is a really good example of yeah, like a tutorial done well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like really important because it's sort of like the first thing that people are going to see. And a lot of people kind of judge whether they like a game in the first few minutes. Mm, it's crucial then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And doing events is so important because you can you watch someone's body language and you can tell how they're feeling like how if they're confused whether they're frowning mm. at the game and by the way that they move their hand you can tell if they're confused at something so it's yeah. like really important there's a whole nother kind of uh skill of just observing play testers so do that as much as possible i think we are hoping that rio will be as successful as it deserves to be damn straight yeah so what are you looking to in the future then have you ideas about what the next thing is going to be we're going to do quite a few releases, so we'll be doing uh, iOS and Android and possibly Steam. Oh, okay. So we're looking at them, and hopefully if we can get some kind of audience um, that want more levels, we'd love to do like a new, new level pack. Mm -hmm. What about procedural generation? That might be a way to go. I don't know. I'm just, th I'm just throwing crazy shapes. No, 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 that's... We thought about it. All oh, right. Yeah. We've also got like loads of mechanics that didn't make the final game. Like we had to cut out loads of stuff because it would have probably added on about six months of development. It's really easy to like add something. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you want the game to be better? I'll just add this thing. But then all you're doing is kind of making your life way more difficult because you mm. have to polish ten more things. So it's better to like cut a few things and then focus on making what you have good. And that's sort of what we did. It certainly paid off. Is yeah, that's the thing. Like most games, I think like the hardest thing is finishing the game. You know, just finishing anything is so difficult. Mm -hmm. So it's like really important to do that, and it and it helps just to cut things out because it it helps you focus on the essence of the game. 
you mentioned there about a potential release on Steam. Um, obviously, mechanics and what have you would change a little bit going from a mobile um, game onto a, a desktop game. There's also then the sort of the other variety of platforms and things on PC and Apple. Um, for example, HIO would just consider maybe going down that way um, as well as Steam or maybe instead of. Yeah, I've heard good things about Itch. Because mm-hmm. like, you, you don't have to pay right to get on there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That would be cool. I don't think I've heard of it, actually. Oh, man, it's good. Oh, yeah, you should definitely <laughs> look it up. It's a really good platform that um, seems to be... It's a lot more sort of very small studios friendly, um, purely because they, you know, you get to set up your own page, you get to promote your own um, games and things. They take either, it's either no cut, or at least it's a much smaller cut um, than Steam would. Um, And you just get the most wonderfully bizarre games on there. An awful lot of them are free as well um, to try. And a lot of really, really interesting games um, are coming out on that that just wouldn't find the place on something like Steam and would just be lost in sort of the general miasma um, of the rest of the internet. Um, You know, back in the old days, it used to be, you know, you got somebody found a cool little game or whatever and like a a Flash game or whatever and just a link was then sent around um, all that person's friends and things like that and then they got a little bit bigger. Itch is probably like a a better and more organised way of finding those sort of games. Um, so it's definitely something that you should look into. This is like making mixtapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many of you work at Miracle T anyway? Uh, there's four of us. Well, because I just thought then with Stu saying about small studios, so this would definitely be your kind of thing, then, I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth looking into. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I hear a plan hatching. <laughs> One question I'd really like to ask is how will you measure the success of Ruya? In my opinion, it's already successful because mm-hmm. um, it's finished and I'm like, <laughs> like happy with it. Mm. So that's all that matters. I think a lot of developers put define success by how much money it makes. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're happy, you're successful. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Matt, money really matters so much. But that's just me. The other guys. Brad, aren't. you're so romantic. <laughs> no, to be fair, to be fair, our team philosophy about it, it's uh, pretty much that as well. At the same time, though, like we do love making games, so we would love to keep doing this. So we are aware that we need to put a bit of cash in the bank in order to uh, to keep doing this. So yeah. if this game will get us uh, enough just to keep working together, which is what we love the most, mm-hmm. uh, that would be the greatest success, uh, at least for me. I'm just super proud of uh, releasing it. I've been working on it for well years now, and it's coming to the final stages of release. Just, yeah, it's amazing. As long as you're happy with it, then that's all that counts, surely. I've written some music that sounds bloody awful to everybody else, but I think it's the best thing I've ever written. But I'll never play, I'll never play it live, that is a fact. I can totally relate to that. Yay! <laughs>
Absolutely. No, we're really proud of it. That's uh, that's the most important thing for us. Like, we, we're happy to put out something that we know we put our blood, sweat and tears in, and uh, but we feel like it's it's a good product that we can be proud of. Uh, yeah, then the the monetary side of it, we'll, we'll see, but yeah, that's definitely the most important thing. It's been a great experience, like working with each other as well throughout the whole process. We're all pretty young as well, like we're pretty like naive to a lot of things and just sort of starting out and figuring things out. So we've, we've made like a lot of mistakes, but I think that's good to make a lot of mistakes because that's how you, you grow and improve. It's part of the learning process. Yeah. yeah, like when you embrace failure, that's that's how you get quite good at something, I think. Thank you very much um, for coming on. It has been absolutely wonderful uh, to speak to you all and particularly right on the eve of the actual release as well. That's okay. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Whenever we have anybody on the interview and what have you, we will now we'll throw it over to yourselves and what have you to you know promote the game and give shout outs to anybody um, or anything that um, you'd like any of our listeners to go and look at. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. So yeah, guys, you can follow us on uh, every social media you can think of, basically. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> from tomorrow, you will be uh, able to download our game on the App Store for just one pound. Only one pound, guys. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. So please support these little four guys with uh, big dreams. And good ideas. <laughs> Oh, hopefully. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, thank you very much. It has been an absolute pleasure um, getting these on and everything. And uh, so we will wind up the show. And uh, I'd just like to say thank you and goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Go ahead and say goodbye. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> <laughs> You guys are so shy. <laughs> It's always been our problem. It's a classic indie dev problem being shy, isn't it? <laughs> you don't get much outgoing techie people, do you? <laughs> That's it. You, that used to be in a darkened room for day in, day <laughs> out. <laughs> exactly. Weeks in isolation, you <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the gaming conventions must be absolutely terrifying then. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>